Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here. It is a Locked On crossover. It is Locked On Nationals, Locked On Mets, Locked On Phillies, potentially Locked On Braves. We'll see those elitist scum world champions not coming on our into the show here. Uh, two episodes coming your way. First thing we're going to do is a conversation round the table about what we can do collectively to catch those filthy Braves. That's coming up on today's show. Daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it here. It is, uh, I am Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals. To my right, it is, to my, to my right, it is Ryan Pickleside of Locked On Mets. And then below both of us, it is Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies. Um, we're going to do a Thanksgiving draft coming up here on on our kind of two two part show we're doing. But first things first, guys, we're going to talk about what we can do to catch those Braves. Um, but we have some news tonight. Ryan Aaron Loop has decided to sign with the the Angels. Is that right? Yeah, the Angels. Yep. I believe it is. So I think every team's writers for blogs, I think everybody you know here probably across the Lockdown Network has done a podcast in the last few weeks that is, will the blank be interested in signing Aaron Loop because he was that good last year? But it looks like the Angels have finally decided to invest in pitching. We'll see if it pays off for him because they've gotten two former Mets, Noah Syndergaard, now Aaron Loop. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a big loss. He was the best reliever the Mets had this year, but uh, I mean, I don't really care too much about paying for a reliever who has only had one season like this. We'll see if he does it again. Uh, hats off to Aaron Loop for getting paid, but uh, I'm not overly concerned about losing Aaron Loop when the Mets have much bigger needs they still have to fill here. Wow, what is we got some? Is that breaking is news? Is some breaking there? news there, Dan? <laughs> Uh, I, my phone line's blowing up. No, that was actually – we originally scheduled to do this at 8. That was my alarm. <laughs> that's true. Dan works on godly hours, and actually, if you if you don't have Dan set the alarm, he might miss your recording time. Um, Dan – That's never happened you, before. I don't know if It never happened. It didn't happen last week. Uh, Dan, did you do a – did you do a segment, a show, like could the Phillies be interested in Aaron Loop? I did not. Uh, I believe I quickly mentioned him in a previous episode because he is former Philly Aaron Loop, one of the most electric, yeah, electric that is true. That is true. relief pitching appearances I ever saw prior to the three batter minimum rule was Gabe Kapler once brought him in for a two-pitch hold. I thought this guy was nothing more than a <laughs> le- loogie, left-handed one-out guy, and they changed the rules, and you know, good for him for adapting. He had a great year, and you know, as Ryan mentioned, just got, uh, just got paid to go out west and go pitch for the Angels. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, here's so I'm not sure how you guys feel. Like the AL West is the, I know Shohei Otani is there and Mike Trout's there. The ALS AL West is the league I watch the most. This is why. Baseball games are three hours long, all right? I try to pay attention to the Nationals and teams that are around the Nationals, right? I try to watch Phillies games, try to watch Mets games, Braves games, Marlins games, like I can't sit around and I can only watch highlights of like Mariners versus Angels, right? So 
you know, I'm not sure if you guys feel differently, but like Ryan, do you think they're building something? They're building off of what they had last year, where it was a mediocre team with a couple awesome players, or are they giving out too many big dollar contracts and not kind of going for the, I don't know, the um, we, we all have these guys, right? Your Howie Kendricks, your uh, totally blanking on third base, uh, Jonathan VRs, right? Those guys who kind of make the difference. Are they splurging too too much on the on the heavy hitters, if you will? I mean, the Angels needed pitching. Uh, I would like to make an argument about how the Angels always strike out in free agency, but the Mets GM is Billy Epler. So I don't know how to <laughs> how to rationalize those two things right now. To, to bash the Angels in their past history with free agency and then say, yeah, the Mets are just fine with Billy over here. So uh, that's something I'm trying to grapple with right now. But yet, I think they're doing the right thing to add some pitching. Uh, but I'm never going to actually believe the Angels are going to be a contender until we actually see them contending in September. Because it's been a while. What do we think about just the, the, the overall? Angels just, the, the Angels, Angels just kind of trying to. They, they've spent what I mean, now? I think, they be... Syndic- I, I think they got to do more than Noah Syndergaard and Aaron Loop to uh, right. correct that issue. Look, the Angels, it's actually kind of funny. The Angels are kind of comparable to the Phillies in this sense, in that, like, especially by the end of the season, that, well, first of all, the, the two teams had the MVP like the respective league MVPs. So we can start there. (laughs) These two teams, the only team who sat at 500 for more days than the Phillies this year were the angels. I mean, they are the ultimate, like even Steven team. Obviously they lost trout uh, for a significant amount of time this year, but it's star power. And then a huge, huge drop off. And it seems like baseball in a sport, like no other, could you waste the premier talent of, a guy coming over from Japan and being this international sensation who both pitches and hits. Mike Trout, maybe the best hitter of or best overall player of our generation, and still the best they can do is like sit around five hundred. Look, I thought Aaron Loop was a good signing. Was you know a little surprised like Ryan maybe that he got paid as well as he did after just one good season. You see this with relievers a lot where you see it too often. Value. You see it too often, right? Cindergard. I mean, Ryan could speak to this also in terms of you know, just how much time he's missed due to injury in his career. We've seen it firsthand in the National League East. I, I don't even know where – the Angels have a better farm system than the Phillies do, certainly, so maybe that's – you try and add some pieces around that and you hope some of their prospects kind of turn out. But as a overall baseball fan, I would say that it's disappointing seeing those two guys on a franchise that wastes them because, like, baseball overall is a sport – needs those guys in the postseason. And Mike Trout has, what, three playoff games ever played? Shohei Otani has no feasible path at the moment to be playing in October. It's kind of the blessing and a curse that is Major League Baseball because on the one hand, you want... It's kind of cool that baseball, it's the one sport that's still kind of difficult to get into the playoffs. I mean, right. the Eagles just won yesterday. They're up to five and six, and everyone's talking playoffs around here. And you know what? It's not that ridiculous, as bad as they look, because they're seven teams that make the playoffs in the NFC right. and a 500 record like the Bears had last year might get it done. In the NBA, more than half the league gets in. The NHL, now half the league gets in because they expanded to 32 teams. Baseball, it's hard to get in. It's the ultimate team-building sport. You can't just have a few stars and get yourself there. And in this case, it kind of works against the Angels. I, I, I'm on board with that. Ryan, you got anything on that? I mean, I think the one thing I'll say is it might get a little bit uh, a bigger playoff field after the new CBA. So maybe Mike Trout will finally get in to expand it to, I don't know, 14 teams, whatever they're talking about. So that's the one thing that could change. But, yeah, 
Uh, I, I think Dan's right on there. You want to see those guys in the playoffs. All right, here, quick word from our sponsors before we move on. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends from betonline.ag. If you want odds for next season's baseball-related things, BetOnline's got you covered if you want basketball, football, both college and pro, NHL, NBA, Formula One, boxing, UFC, they've got you covered there. You can log on on your computer, on your phone, on your iPad, on your iPod Touch, whatever you want to use. Uh, you can use, you know, you can go in there to Bet Online today. They've got a new, beautiful interface that uh, they've got there at BetOnline.ag. Go there today. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. Locked On. Fifty percent deposit bonus today. Once again, it's Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Also, our friends at DirecTV Stream. Uh, friends, I know Dan's got this. He's a, he's in, he's got the college dorm book going. So Dan's got the the iPad for Temple games. He has got the TV for the Eagles. He has got the computer for the Phillies. He has got the uh, friends password for the Sixers. Let's get rid of that. All right. Direct TV stream. Get all get all of your TV in one place. It's the best way to do it right now. It means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy any other device ever again. The best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream right now. Go to directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, guys, some other news today. Anthony DiScalfani is going to go back to the Giants. Um, when I, I thought it was a decent deal, three for 36. Kind of thought he earned it. Like he's going to be a middle-of-the-back rotation guy for the next few years, and it was a place he did well in, a place he was comfortable. Dan? Go to you first in this one. Good deal for your, for your boy Gabe Kapler. Of course, got got to love what the the Giants are building out there. Um, look, the Giants were obviously one of the biggest surprises in baseball this season. Uh, little also bit of baseball news here today: the comeback players of the year were announced today. Buster Posey, who is now retired, which I don't know if we'll get into that at all, uh, winning comeback player of the year in the National League. Uh, Gabe Kapler, but you know, I think DiStefani, good addition uh, or good, you know. Good acquisition here for Gabe Kapler and company. And look, there's no real reason they got Joey Bart coming up through the farm system. I'm not saying they're going to win 100 games next year, but they're now established as a playoff contender for, I don't know how long, because they got a lot of old guys out there. And who knows whether guys like Brandon Crawford, who just put up unbelievable numbers this season, and seems unlikely that he'd be able to replicate that finishing, I believe, fourth in the MVP voting. And guys like Brandon Belt and Evan Longoria becoming relevant again and former Philly Darren Ruff having like a 900 OPS. Like, they got a lot of things to break that, away. But you know, I, I, dude, I had no clue he was in baseball until like midway of the year. I had no clue he was in baseball until like midway of the year. Unbelievable. Who are you talking about, Evan Longoria? Darren, Darren Ruff. Ruff. Oh, Ruff. I was going to say Longoria. Like, he's been there. Yeah, I, do. I had no clue Darren yeah. Ruff was involved. <laughs> he was in the KBO, um, I think, and then came back. Yeah, he was unbelievable. But DiSclefani, I'm pulling up his numbers now. I mean, he was really, really had a career year this year out in San Francisco. And, you know, they acquired him, I believe it was last offseason. Puts up a 317 ERA. Not surprising that they would try and bring him back. Uh, their offense was clearly really good, keeping their pitching really good. Also, 
Logan Webb was kind of like the greatest pitcher that nobody knew about this season. Uh, I got him in fantasy about midway through the year. That really kind of worked out for me. And it's a name that he's going to become more of a household name as well. So I like this for the Giants. I think it makes sense for the Giants. And I think the Giants will, I mean, it makes sense to try and capitalize on this window they have before they start hitting the reset button here. But I was surprised that Posey retired also. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on this move for the Giants? I think overall the Giants are going to continue to be good because they got Farnzadi running that team. It's one of the smartest executives in the sport. I, I'm at a point right now where I am fawning over executives more than players. So I guess uh, after watching the Mets try to hire a GM for the past you know six weeks before landing yeah. on Billy Epler, um, those are the 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 executives that can create a, a winning culture that will win year over year. He turned the team around in what two seasons basically and turn him into a 107-win team. Uh, I think they're going to keep on winning. I mean, this is a value contract in DiScofani. It's not a, a crazy number. I think they probably let Gossman walk. I don't know if they're the team that's going to give him nine figures, and somebody probably will. So they'll find, you know, I think they got what they, Alex Wood as well. So they're they're starting to build out that rotation. Wood's another flyer that they'll probably turn into the next Gossman, and they're just going to keep on churning out all these guys. They found a, a ton of success just finding those diamonds in the rough when it comes to the starting pitching market. So when they make a signing, they're becoming one of those teams, almost like the Rays or, or uh, the Dodgers, when they find a fringe player like a Max Muncy where you just kind of have to pay attention. Like, yeah, that's probably going to turn out really well for them because they're a smart team. That is Baylor Bear Max Muncy that you're talking about. There you uh, go. You put some respect on, on his name. All right, guys. Uh, lots of discussions about uh, Max Muncy and Locked On Big Twelve. Can we uh, Locked On Big Twelve. The whole actually, we, we did we did shout him out a couple months ago when the All Star Game happened. We when we were in the throes of summer, I will say there was some mention of of, uh, of some Big Twelve players in the All Star Game. So we did shout out Max Muncy. All right, guys. Here is the big point of this show that I really wanted to get into with you all. You all. All right. Um. What can what can our teams do to catch the Braves? So, Ryan, I'm going to pitch this one to you first. I told Dan that I think the Phillies' job to catch the Braves or to compete with the Braves is a bit easier because, number one, the Braves did only win 88 games last year. And with Acuna and Soroka back, like, those aren't – you know, those guys come back, but it's baseball. So, you know, it's not – you know, everybody's not going to stay healthy. If they do, more on you. But it's not, it's not how the sport works. So – it's not like the Braves we know for sure are going to win 105 games next year. feels like it's attainable. Now, I will say, I think the Mets, while they might have they have more talent at more positions, they lack talent at the stuff that really matters. Like, they've got no pitching. They lack a lot of significant pitching. So, while I do think they've got some talent across the board that might be more than the Phillies, what do you think of the assessment that, hey, the Mets need more pitching and that could set them back? Well, honestly, if I looked at the two rotations, I think the Mets maybe have more question marks. But at the same time, I could see the Mets right now at the pitching they have forming a quality rotation if everyone's healthy. You have Jacob DeGrom, Carlos Carrasco, both coming off those injury-plagued years. But, I mean, if they're healthy, that's as good of a one-two punch in this division. Um, You look at Taiwan Walker, bad second half, all-star in the first half. If he bounces back, you never know. And then their young pitchers, Tyler McGill and David Peterson, have shown flashes. So that is the start of what they have. Trevor Williams, also another depth arm they have. They apparently are trying to add two to three starting pitchers. 
So I think what we're talking about right now, it's going to look a lot different maybe in a week with the way the starting pitching market's moving. So it really depends on what they add here. But I think their ceiling is already really high, and they have to add a couple guys here to, to really bring up that floor because, as I said, there's a lot of question marks right now. Do you think that's what they have to have to catch the Braves? Is that pitching? I think what they have to have is a healthy Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> that's yeah. what they have to have. I, and because I, I don't see anyone, you know, they might bring back Marcus Stroman. That would be great. I don't see anyone, unless they were to sign Max Scherzer, which I don't think is happening. You can talk to that. Scherzer's not going to be a Matt. I, I just no. can't see it. So there's no one on the market right now that can replace Jacob DeGrom if he's hurt. Um, so to have that ace, it's going to be tough. Where if you look at the Phillies, they got Wheeler and Nola, who both can lead a staff um, and win a division. So I think in that sense, maybe you like the Phillies a little bit more because those two starters, I think you have more confidence that they're going to make 30 starts next year and compete for a Cy Young. So, Dan, you and I had talked about this the other day. Um, what, you know, the, the Phillies rotation, honestly, is a bit more set than I, than I had thought, right? And you mentioned the bullpens. The pen is where they have to address. And this is one of those things where, look, the Braves pen is full of guys that I'm not sure we, would, we all would have said we would have trusted starting the year, right? I mean, Luke Jackson, I I think as, as you know, I didn't think to speak for all of us, we preferred to face Luke Jackson in, in years prior. It's not the case anymore. Do you think there are some guys in the Phillies pen who could kind of be like that, or do they have to make some more wholesale changes? No, they have to make wholesale changes. Look, it seems like even when they make wholesale changes, the guy puts on Phillies pinstripes and forgets how to pitch. I mean, Ian Kennedy <laughs> allowed more home runs in his two months with right. the Phillies than he did in the four months leading up to the trade deadline. Uh, I mean, we talked about it last week. There are big names that you can go out and try and get, whether it's a Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, uh, Mark Melanson, uh, who are the names kind of like entering this offseason. Uh, but there's always guys who are on the cheap who you can find. Maybe not on the cheap, but lower, I'll say, profile guys, such as a, an Aaron Loop or things like that. The Phillies have some money to spend on relievers. Dave Dombrowski said that, this is the biggest need we have going into the offseason. If they go into next season with the same bullpen and Hector Neris is your only reliable reliever again, I'm going to lose it. I mean, it was getting a little <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Cam Pedrosian should not be pitching in high leverage situations when you're in a pennant race. It just should not happen. Um, and look, they obviously 31 blown saves, I believe, was the number this year. A little bit of a misleading stat because there's multiple in, this, in certain games and they did end up winning some of those games. It wasn't like you could say, oh, just flip those 31 games and it's that simple. But this Phillies bullpen has been a real, real issue for a long time standing here. And they, they need guys who can come in and lock down innings. And, you know, last year I was really excited about the acquisition of Jose Alvarado. Guy obviously has a lot of control issues and it's really just like the walks that he needs to work on. But like I, I would be fine with him if it weren't like he's not your go to lefty outgetter, so to speak, and he's the only guy who can do that, right? There do seem to be banking on Sir Anthony Dominguez returning this year uh, with some health. Hector Neris uh, is not currently on the team. He is a free agent this offseason, so we'll see what happens there. But if they don't make some serious wholesale changes to address that bullpen, again, doesn't have to be one of the high-profile guys, though that would certainly be nice. I mean, they will not will never compete with teams like the Braves or even the Mets or whoever the case is at the top of the National League East 
because they have that standing in their way. And then in addition to that, the other thing we discussed is how they need probably another infielder, a left fielder, and a center fielder. Could probably use a leadoff hitter, five hitter, something like that in there. So they certainly have their shopping list of things, but in modern-day baseball, the Phillies have never really had a bullpen that I felt great about since the bullpen has become as a, this important as it is. Yeah, and look, I'll talk for the Nationals. There's nothing they can do. They they're not. They can't. I mean, they can't catch them. Have you seen the pitching rotation? It's Strasburg who's injured, Corbin who sucked, and then it's dealer's choice rest away, baby. I mean, Joe Ross is injured. Uh, Eric Fetty is it was was not even supposed to be part of the rotation. Um, good lord, I mean, Paulo Espino, God bless him, was not supposed to be part of this. Uh, he shut they, down the Mets at least once, though. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's not exclusive to him. I think I think uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm pretty sure. sure I'm pretty sure Patrick Corbin's best game was against them uh, as well. It was um, I it. yeah, and so I mean, like this is a team you know that's that is you know they're not in position. I mean, they're, they're playing you know uh, Lane Thomas in left field. They're playing Carter Cuban with third. They're playing Luis Garcia at second. They're bringing back a guy. Um, you know, a, a guy like a, uh, uh, um, Alcides Escobar at short. So there's no chance they're young. They're, they're just going to catch him. I will bring in, oh, let's see. Actually, we missed him for a second. He's gone now. Uh, let's bring in Jake. Jake, Jake is here. He, he is, he is now joining. I feel like we're going Jake. to the phones here. Like, like, <laughs> going to the, let's go to the phones. Jake in Atlanta. Yeah. So Jake, um, tell us. What you think the Braves have to do to keep ahead of the pack uh, this year in the National League East to stay ahead of, of, of the Mets and the Phillies, who are obviously going to be dealing this offseason? Yeah, well, they got to bring Freddie Freeman back. That's uh, that's number one. Um, I mean, honestly, do that, and I feel good, you know, regardless of what other teams do. And that's no disrespect to any other team in the division, but, you know, getting Freeman back, getting Acuna healthy. Hopefully getting Soroka healthy, Charlie Morton back, Max Freed back. I mean, the core has been there for a long time for this team to succeed for several years to come. Now they got to figure out outfield situation, um, what they're going to do, because we don't know what's going to happen with Marcelo Zuna. Uh, is he going to be suspended for the year? You know, I, I kind of think he's I have not, some guesses. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to be in a Braves uniform again. Definitely not in 2022. Right. Um, so, that, so they got to figure out what they're going to do in the outfield, especially with Acuna, you know, probably not going to be back until May at the earliest. Um, so they don't know what they have really in the entire outfield. Adam Duvall is the only one, you know, really under contract that's coming back right now in his final year of arbitration. So that, that is a big piece. They do have to figure that out, but I feel like they, they will. You know, if Acuna comes back, they do have Duvall. That's two really solid pieces in the outfield. Maybe Pache is ready to take the step forward at the big league level, but I still think they go out after they get Freddie, Free, Freddie Freeman done, which they will uh, until, mm-hmm. until it doesn't happen. I'm going to believe it does. Um, they have to go out and, and figure out what they're going to do in the outfield. But other than that, I mean, I think this team is – Know, pretty much ready to contend as is. Yeah, I mean they've wanted, but here's so here's the big question for them, is because those guys they brought in the outfield were, I mean they were. There's no championship without those guys. They all had their moments across the board. I mean I'm sure you saw the tweets where it was like you know one guy was the wild card, one guy was a, you know was the DS, one guy was a CS, one guy was a World Series. Like, how do you deal with that this offseason? Because they've got the money to do it. Like they they got the money to. It's just a matter of do you think you can replicate what you had last year with those guys from last year, or do you have to progress and move on? 
Yeah, it, it, it would be hard to duplicate what they did. I mean, that took a lot of luck. <laughs> you know, I mean, for to trade for all of those guys and them all to really just click like they did, I mean, instantly, yeah, that's good scouting by the Braves. That's good moves by Alex Antopoulos. But that's also a little bit of luck, too, and just catching fire at the right time. You have to look back and admit that. Um, but like I said, you know, you get back Acuna and that's an MVP type player. I mean, that can easily replace that production that you would be losing from those guys. So I think get, I think they would like to bring one of those back. I would like to bring Eddie Rosario back of all the guys that they got. Mm. He's one I would like to bring back because he's a left-handed bat. You know, he's still, you know, pretty young in early 30s. Um, and I just think he's an overall, you know, best hitter of the group. I'd love to have Solaire back as well if there is a DH, just because it's fun to watch him mash baseballs as far as he does. Um, so I, I would love to have those two back. You know, that's kind of in the order, you know, that I would like to have them back. But it's going to be really difficult to replicate what they did because, right. like you said, you had a, a championships series MVP in Rosario. You had a World Series MVP in, in Solaire. I mean, to ask for that to happen again is just – too much to to really even put on those guys to do that but i would like to have some of those guys back and then you hope acuna coming back really just replaces what they were able to do which was amazing all right this was part one of our show so of what do we have to do to catch what do the braves do to stay ahead coming up next it's the part you guys all want it is our thanksgiving draft about to record that part two